Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... If I had a nickel for every time we only scored one goal in the entire month, I'd have two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it has happened twice this season. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. There was yet again no Chelsea game this weekend, but yet again there is always something to discuss and I'm joined in... A virtual room filled with lions, all of them. We have Ollie, we have Berth, we have Chris. And you know what? I need some highlights from the weekend of no Chelsea action. I mean, I uh, I was just really enjoyed this weekend, just having a long weekend. That, that's been my highlight of the weekend. Spent it with my fiance, had a really nice time. Hey, that that is exactly what a long weekend's all about. Chris, Chris, how did you spend it? Uh, usual way. Uh, it was nice to have like a couple of days without it raining though. So that was <laughs> that was lovely. For the first time on Saturday at my girls' game, I didn't have to have a coat on. Oh, what whoa. to enjoy about that? I know. Bloody the, hell. Uh, summer's arrived. Welcome, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. What about Absolute you, Bert? Madness. What about you, Bert? Yeah, I had uh, I had my first cricket game of the season on Saturday. Um we now won, you know summer's here. Good. And I'll do one better than Chris. I've got a bit of a tan going. I've even got oh, tan lines now. Oh, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> My goodness. Summer's here. Summer's Where will it here. end, listeners? Yeah. Where will oh. it end? Yeah. Well, well, as much as, obviously, the entire team spent the day outside of their house, I spent it inside watching the majority of the uh, the NFL draft. Uh, happy, happy. There we go. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a happy Seahawks fan. And even happier that we had some uh, feedback from listeners who do enjoy the mini NFL chat at the start. So I always appreciate that. Uh, yeah, can up. you believe that one person got traded and uh, got traded <laughs> for a pick in the, that one round and that other player one that went to that team? Ali, can I just ask a question? Who did Minnesota get in the draft today? Did you know? Oh, MLS, though, yeah, the, that is. Yeah, you see, uh, I'm uh, Minnesota the, not in NFL. Minnesota not in NFL. Are they not? Well, they've got the Vikings, right? Well, but yeah, I don't the, follow yeah. them. But does, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, oh, no. sorry. Oh, I'm sure bit. they signed. I'm sure they drafted someone. Yeah, well, well, what the MLS side or the NFL? Yeah, side. they they signed. So they drafted someone for the 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 NFL draft. Well, they they did. To be fair, you know, they picked up Jordan Addison, who, if you haven't seen, wide receiver, twenty uh, third selection overall. Just just look at how he. Uh, how they when they did the interview about when he got the jersey and everything, just just watch that. It's uh, it's something. It's something. On that, uh, we're going to hit some news from the weekend. So we dropped a uh, fire tweet that went viral. It was like a common cold in the winter. It went from nothing to whoa. What's this? Everyone has it in in just a few hours. And and that tweet was showcasing that as of the twenty eighth of April, Chelsea had the third best defense in the Premier League with just thirty five goals conceded. City and Newcastle are the only teams with a defense tighter than my dad's wallet. I love him really, but but surely this means that we need to talk about how poorly some of our fan base treats our defenders when 
Well, look at our, our de- if our defense is that good, it's just we can't put the ball in the net. That's the only problem. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely an indication, isn't it? It, it seems like the the <laughs> the defense being as good as as it is is almost a symptom of the problem we've got, which is obviously that our attackers are terrible and average and can't really score very much. It's just it seems that no matter what they do, no matter what configuration we put them in, no one will be able to score at the moment. I wonder if that's just down to effort or lack of wanting to be here or or anything really. I just I. Whatever we do at the moment, it's not working. Mm. What, what do you think here, Chris? It's it's never really been a problem that we've had to defending. And same with when we sign defenders. Like, we don't have many defenders who come in and are actually poor. Like, uh, most of our more successful signings are defensive players. So it's not a massive shocker, but... It does really show that everyone talking about how desperately we need a defensive midfielder and some people have said that we need that more than a striker, but those people are mental. Because if you can have the third best defence without a defensive midfielder, then I don't particularly need I'd still like one, but we don't I don't think we're crying out for one as much as people think that we are. And I Could know. you say, though, however, that uh, a defensive midfielder, and this is just playing devil's advocate here, uh, d- that a defensive midfielder would allow for other players in the middle of the park to to get do better further forward, which would help well, the attack? Yeah, you'd hope so. But I look at those players and I think they're not very good going forward anyway. It's not like they sit back and defend a lot now. They, they still get forward. They're just not very good at it. it it's that thing where I think at the moment it feels like we are miles away from a good team. But if you add a 30-goal-a-season striker into our team, or any team for that matter... Yeah, you're never far off at that they will, they, they will improve massively. Like, years ago, um, when Man United was finishing, like, eighth, people were saying that they was, like, seven or eight players away from doing something. And then they signed Bruno Fernandes, and all of a sudden, overnight, they looked like a completely different team, or Rashford started scoring, and they looked like a different team. So, although... I, I do think most of our squad is terrible. I don't think you're ever as far away as you think you are, and I think it's finer margins than people think, isn't it? Yeah, and I think sure. with that, with that, our defense this season and how it's been, and over the last few years, I honestly just think we are just a goal scorer away from being good again. What do you think? I think Murph? we've kind of all, always been like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree, Chris. I actually think um, I just come session with someone Saturday. I think. I think. If, I said that if we'd signed if we signed Harry Kane in the summer, which I don't think we're gonna, but if we did, I think and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but I don't think we'd be far off being total contenders, which sounds absolutely ridiculous considering how shit we are at the minute, but Harry Kane's a thirty goal season striker, like you know, yeah. so that instantly improves us. Going back to the defence though, um I, I, we have got a better defence than Arsenal this year, haven't we, in the Premier League? Yeah, we have indeed. There are, I mean that that is ridiculous, really. And I think the problem is, is he highlights how bad our strikers are, um, and the problem that defense have is because everyone knows how shit we are going forward. Everyone sort of magnifies the problems of the defenders even more. So if Kukurel has a bad game, Kulabali has a bad game. You know, it, it's magnified even more because because we, we know that support, it, if yeah, a goal goes against us, yeah, that's it. We're not, like, we're we're not, not getting back into the score. game. And this is the problem. I think this is why Thiago Silva also looks really good. Obviously, he's, he's incredible, but he stands out even more because 
you could argue he's the only player on the pitch that's actually world class and is doing anything that's world class. Um, and you know, you look at someone like Kulabali who's coming this year, and yes, he has made mistakes, and I'm not saying he's been great by any means, but has he actually been as bad as we think he's been, or is it just because the attackers are so shit? We've highlighted his mistakes more. Do you see I've the point I'm trying I've to make? I've seen some people, yeah, like ho- really like um, singing his praises recently, and I think it's fair to say that recently he's been doing a lot better. Um, mm. But I still think at the same time you probably shouldn't fully absolve him of some of the things that have happened earlier in the season that you know he could no, have done course, better yeah. for sure. But it... uh, but I know what you mean as well. Like, and it's also the question in the spine of a goalkeeper. You know, the defense always look a little bit shaky and sometimes they make rash decisions and and th- in my opinion it's because we have a keeper that they they can't fully re- know that they can rely on hey um, i'm, even, I'm bringing even, even so sorry sorry to interrupt i'm so sorry but even so I, I think kepper actually has and yes again he's had faults this season don't get me wrong but i think he's actually in the top five or was uh highest save percentages in the league he was the well, highest at one point. well the clean sheet the clean sheet the goals conceded kepper's on 23 is conceded. Edison's on 30. Uh, let's have a look. Emilio Martinez, 34. Becker, 42. Ramsdale, 38. De Gea, 39. Nick Pope, 27. So he's better than all of them. I don't know how many games versus, but I don't think there's been any of a goal started, really. I don't think Mendy's barely played. But I mean, this is, look, this is a clear positive from a season that's been a complete tragic Shakespeare play. You know, we certainly have a young, solid core of defenders to 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 build from you know we've got Badia Shill who I believe will be a great Thiago Silva replacement but he's if he ever gets to well play he's again. been weirdly frozen out the squad for fuck knows why you know I mean but look I will always stand by the belief that a good defense will win you titles now our offense has been horrific we know and our attacking players have been shooting like stormtroopers which is probably why you know it our defense has looked exposed not I wouldn't say it's weak some people say it's weak. But in my opinion, it's just been exposed. You know, when we advance in order to score, which is good, but because we are unable to score, we then lose the ball. It's a turnover and the defenders rush to recover it and we concede. It's been that sort of cycle this season and it will hopefully improve once we have a a manager in this summer who will have that vision. One, yeah. mm, Go on, Chris. You've got to think as well, like our defence, like they've, they've kept, the, the goals against down and they do have a lot more defending to do because teams aren't scared of our attack. So they will commit more bodies forward. You know, you look at some teams that have come to Stamford Bridge this year, like Brighton, Brentford, they commit, Villa. A, yeah, Villa, they commit Forest. a lot of people forward because they're not scared of what we can do going the other way. I think once you, once you add in, you know, you add Haaland into our team who would instantly put fear into defenders Mm. They're not sending so many people forward, so our defence would have less to do than they do now, and they they must be doing something right now. And I think, like what Berth was trying to say to his point was, every time our defenders make a mistake, that's what we talk about after, because we know we haven't scored. We've all accepted that we're never going to score because they're terrible. <laughs> and then you, so we just highlight the one mistake a defender made, that's which is why we lost one nil. But really, when we're losing games 1-0, not because of the defence, but because of the fact that we, we haven't scored at the other end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's exactly absolute, right. yeah. oh, sorry, guys. There's absolutely no faith that we'll get back into a game when we go 1-0 down. And what I was thinking, I was saying this the other day to one of my friends, it used to be the opposite for Chelsea. Remember mm. in that four-year period or so where Mourinho didn't lose at home or whatever, 
Oh, like Chelsea didn't lose at home for like four years or something like that. It's yeah. between like 2004, 2008, I think it was. And um, uh, and every time that Chelsea walked out to Stamford Bridge, it was almost like the opposite, where the second we knew that, the uh, when the opposition knew that a goal went in, that was it. Yeah. Game's over. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was no chance. But now it's almost like the opposite, whereas the second a, the goal goes in against us in any game, a heads drop, you know, that... The, the players just they know they're not getting back into the game because they know the quality isn't there and it says a lot that there's a, the the vast difference in quality between that side and this I one. mean this will be a quick news point because it's changed already after I wrote this but do you remember Paul Mitchell well Chelsea planned to hire Mr Mitchell finally apparently he's set to join the senior post well while his friendship with incoming boss Mauricio Pochettino is a, a major attraction and he's also an ideal man to shift the unwanted players. Now, this was a report by at Reluctant Nico, Nico and Sun Sport. But then Nizar Kinsella tweeted, he's not a target. But hey, look, Paul Mitchell, we know this dude. He's got experience from working at Monaco, RB Leipzig, Tottenham and Southampton, all teams with top academies. And oh, hello, RB Leipzig. So it's that connection yet again. It's there. Oh, well, now we know we saw apparently it's not going to happen, but... Is this the, the guru we need or is it just best we move on to the next bit? Yeah, it's probably best not to, you know, speculate <laughs> over what could have been. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I feel we're all in agreement. Right. Now, over on the official Chelsea website, an interview with Armando Brewer was published where he spoke about his recovery from a truly horrible ACL tear he suffered in the friendly game against Aston Villa. And I quote, there are some days when you come in and you feel like it's not getting any better or any worse. It's just the same. I've been miserable, a bit moody, but now I can see the journey from where I was to where I am. After surgery, I was bedridden for about two weeks. It was one of the worst times of my life. It was horrible. I couldn't get out of bed. My mum was running around the house to get me tablets and give me my food. It was a struggle. You almost feel useless. You want to be able to do stuff, but you just can't. I couldn't sleep. I was in pain. The day and what happened played on my mind constantly. I was thinking about ways I could have avoided it. Now, we did a huge episode way back when about Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi coming from coming back from their Achilles injuries and how it impacts them and their career. Now, the history of the injury, nah, I mean, we're talking about Armando Broya here, but do you feel fans don't fully grasp how mentally challenging these injuries are, Chris? 100%. I, I think that's the biggest thing that's overlooked when players come back from major injuries and after a few games where they look like they should be physically fit and they're moving fine but they're still not playing very well and fans start getting on their back I, I don't think they fully took into account the mental side of it that it's really important in elite sport that you trust your body and you you can perform what you have to with no fear and I, I, I think that's the hardest thing when you've had major injuries that if you've got a fear of maybe a tackle or not putting yourself in a situation where you might get injured. It, it it affects your game more than anything else because if you're not fully committed to to what you're doing, then you're not going to succeed, especially at elite level. And I don't think fans take that into account sometimes. And I don't think managers do sometimes either. I think they look very black and white at whether a player's physically fit or not. Can he run? Can he 
play, yeah, that's fine. But is he actually mentally ready to play? And I, I think it's getting better, but I don't think it's something that's perfect in elite level sport, not just football. Mm. The recovery from injuries from the mental side isn't looked at as much as the physical side. Yeah, I feel we we, we mentioned it before. FIFA does not help, and not not the organisation, the game. You know, they, you can't just apply an all fit feel fix all injuries card and yeah. away they go the player healing card doesn't exist you know there's so much there's so much there to it i mean where do you come in on this berth i mean I, I totally agree with chris i mean i i mean it's a long time ago i think it was about five years ago I, I broke my ankle come back from uh to football after i think it was like three or four months and i, I was very very scared to go into a tackle i was scared to jump you are naturally as a human being you're scared that this is going to happen again. And I think what people do forget about professional footballers is that this is also a job for them. This is also their, yeah. their livelihood. There's a lot of money at stake. Um, if Armando Brogia gets another really bad injury and he's forced to retire, that's that's a lot of money to lose. Mm. Like, and I think that gets overlooked so much that these footballers are, are, are human beings Mentally, he's scared that he's going to lose because like, this is his dream job, like being a football player. It's everyone's dream job. If he has another injury like this, that's his career potentially ruined. He could have to like drop down a few leagues. You know, he could, you know, he might not get a big move to a bit, you know, a Real Madrid or whatever, or he might have to retire completely from football. So this is this is massive. So when he comes back, naturally as a human, he's going to be not scared, so to speak, but a bit apprehensive and a bit hesitant to go into a tackle you know his speed will be gone this is a big injury real big injury so I think fans and managers and even you know what even his teammates are probably thinking well I can just pass in the ball we can I can put the ball over the top and he'll be able to chase it mm. it's a totally different person when he comes back from injury and I, I, I think the only person that really knows truly what he's capable of when he comes back is is Brozier and it's really hard to get that point across. That, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't do that anymore. I can still do this, but not as well as I could. So, it, it's really hard to get that point across to fans, managers, and your teammates. So he's mm. he's got a real big recovery, not physically but mentally as well. Ahead. Yeah, and I'll I'll bring Ollie in on this. I mean, it's it's both tough from my point of view, mentally and physically. The recovery, you know, of course, you you've got the pain, you've got the limited range of what you can and can't do during the recovery. But then you sort of as well that you, Berth and Chris just touched on, you have that voice in in your head that warns you, oh, careful, don't do that, don't do this. Remember before? Uh, oh, did you feel that twinge? Just, is that, is that the ACL tearing again? Is that something else? You know, it, it's such a, a horrific thing to battle through. And now look, an ACL is is probably it's easier to recovery from recover from than other injuries, of course. But it, it's much more it's it's likely that it won't be a permanent effect. Hopefully, compared to obviously the Achilles injury, but obviously it's a true long recovery ahead. But thankfully, he does seem on the right path, both mentally and physically. Alongside, you know, you touched about his contract birth. You know, he's got his own financial security with that new long term deal, and there's no no rush to get him back on the pitch until he's 100% ready to go. I mean, how how do you feel, Ollie? There, there's a lot to it. And there, there's, you know, I think we we said when, when he first got injured that we were actually surprised if he would ever play for Chelsea again. Um, because 
you know, it, he could get loaned out, maybe not impress, come back, struggle, and then eventually sort of get sold and moved on. That's kind of the, the pessimistic view. What I will say, just in terms of what the other boys were saying, you know, in sport, especially elite sport, the fine margins really, really matter. So being able to get that extra 1% or 2% out of yourself, either mentally or physically, can be the difference sometimes between a win and a loss. Mm. And so, you know, I'm and I'm sure Breuer probably knows that more than anyone, you know, with his injury that's going on. What I will say is, with the squad I'm, that we do have, I'm glad that he's got someone like Ben Chilwell in the squad with him, who apparently has been coaching him really well, um, because obviously Chile had the same injury and his comeback and looks really good. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know it's kind of 50-50 whether you come back better or, or not from a from an ACL. So um, it's good that there's some kind of mentorship going on in there. So physically and mentally, you know, Broly's game doesn't struggle quite as much, or at least he feels he doesn't have to battle it by himself. He's got someone else who's go who's been through what he's going through and can understand where he's at, at least in some way. The other thing I'll say is obviously um with the potential of Pochettino coming in, his style of play uh, and his style of management is very suited to um fit heightened physical conditioning. Mm. Um, so it might be a you know a lot a lot of fitness a lot of running. He's from um I think he he's sort of like a one of Bielsa's students if I remember correctly. Mm. Um and and so there's a, there's a lot of fitness to his his brand of football that he plays, um which actually I think will benefit Bro. Yeah. Um, you know he's 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 a lot like in a, in a similar way and this will sound blasphemous but Kane. Uh, Kane uh, Poch's version of Kane that he had at Spurs is not dissimilar to what we could see uh, from Broyer at Chelsea. Um, you know, in terms of the profile that they exhibit, a sort mm. of like a tall, powerful, mobile striker. Obviously, mm. Broyer's not there yet, but uh, and the injury will will be the telling, the, the most yeah. telling thing of all. But yeah, it's um, it could go, it could go really well for him, or it could go bad. I mean, I if it, it helps well. listeners kind of compare. Now every, every every case is unique, of course, but six six five names that have come back from torn ACLs and found their world class talent: Robert Perez, Francesco Totti, Alan Shearer, Alessandro Del Piero, and Ruben Nistroy. So there's a huge sample of what it can be. Is that a concern though? Because a lot of those players are from a slightly bygone era. You know that in the today's modern day with the sports science, you can't quite hit the Who same knows? heights. I as mean, before. it really is. We don't and know. It, you know what? As well, another point to add on to those. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I know a few of them may not have been. I think most of them were already established world class strikers at the time when they had their injuries. Uh, I think Van Nistelrooy was when he was at uh, PSV. But I think, I yeah, think. I, I think Van Nistelrooy was quite young. But I think Shearer. Was definitely when he was at Newcastle, which is probably at his peak. So he's already established as one of the Premier League's best strikers. Then, so I it's think a, that plays into that mental game, doesn't it? Like about yeah, it does. It's yeah. rather than like you're building up from nothing, you're trying to get back well, to something. Well, trying to yeah. get back to your best. snapped his ACL in his debut campaign at Blackburn. Obviously, that was before Newcastle. So oh, right, okay. you know that pretty pretty did he did all right, didn't he? You know the 260 goals to his name. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Well, should we talk some Pochettino? I mean, Fabrizio Romano tweeted that 
after key internal discussions in LA this weekend, lovely place, LA, uh, Chelsea are entering into the final stages of the process to hire, hire him. Uh, talks with Poch will continue this week in order to complete the agreement on final crucial points. And then, hey, look, Gary Neville gave his thoughts on the potential appointment at, at Poch at the bridge. And I quote here, I think Chelsea next year could really cause surprise just by Poch. Oh, we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> just just by Pochettino bringing the club together because he will he's likeable and the players will respect him enormously I think he'll do a very very good job next season and he will cover a lot of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes those players are perfect for Mauricio Pochettino talented young but just needing direction anything to add to those lovely comments from uh, good old Gaza it's weird to see him praising something that we might do. <laughs> um, it is that is weird. Yeah, and and, and him him endorsing Pochettino almost makes me want to think that it's going to be a disaster out of hand because you know he's not the best in terms of man in terms of managerial um, discussions. He's he's probably <laughs> not the smartest, uh, but he's not wrong in that you know it's in terms of the fitness level of the team in terms of the the age of the team in terms of the t- potential talent in the team the team really could benefit a lot from someone like Maurizio Pochettino in charge i just hope that once the squad clear out happens and i think this is really important is that everyone buys in everyone buys into what it's got to be and everyone decides that they're going to do the absolute best thing they can to make sure that they that that the team hits the ground running next season because otherwise it's going to be more of the same of what we've got this season, and that'll be a disaster. Mm. Uh, anything to add to that, Chris? I agree with everything Gary Neville said there, except for Ooh. the pull the club together. I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's going to be the case. Like he might do that internally. Mm. That'll be yeah, not the fans, but sure. but, but the fans. It's going to be a divided fan base. I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't been on Twitter now for months. Um, so I don't know what the reaction. Smart man. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the reaction to the Pochettino news has really been. I bet you could predict all positive. All positive. I've not seen a negative comment. None at all. I I can imagine that our our fan base have all been completely positive and backed the manager. Um, Oh, hundred percent. It's like Christmas Day with the uh, the in laws. Everyone's happy. Not a single let's negative thought. <laughs> let's just pretend for a minute that we have, you know, some negative fans in our fan base. Just a thought. What? Um, what? I just, it's one of them where I think if he gets off to a flyer, he'll be fine. But if it's going to be a slow build and the start to, Ollie was absolutely right. If the start to the season doesn't go well, the fans will just keep bringing up the Tottenham thing. And it, it I just can't get away from the, the Benitez situation. Now, I don't think the fans dislike Pochettino as much as they did Benitez. But at the same time, Benitez didn't re- didn't work and wouldn't have worked long term because the fans didn't want him. The fans didn't want him in the first place. And then I think they kind of warmed to him a bit come the end, but only because we all knew he was going. <laughs> um, I, I, I just think, you know, when you're saying that you're bringing in a manager who you want to be there for five years, it's the fans have got to get behind it then. Otherwise, we're just going to have another Graham Potter situation. Mm. It's just going to be another civil war, isn't it? You know, there's no reason. Unfortunately, we're in a situation now where whoever the manager is, we have to at least give them a chance. Mm. Because because without without that, you know, we've actually got no chance. Without getting behind the team, we've got absolutely no chance of getting out of the hole we're in. 
you know, and we don't want to be there. We want to be one of the best teams in, in Europe competing for trophies and winning things on a consistent basis. And we haven't been there this season and it's sucked badly. Uh, so, yeah, just hopefully it'll be different. I mean, talking of no chance, it's time for Lion of the Week. Uh, we take on Arsenal tomorrow night at Stamford oh, Bridge. We're at home. Mm. Oh, it doesn't make a difference. No, we're not. It no, are we not? We're away. Oh, dear. We're away. Hang on, we're quickly cross that out. Oh, I think... I think Chelsea would stand a better chance against actual cannons. Well, if Chelsea are turning <laughs> up at Stamford Bridge tomorrow, they're guaranteed we are not going to win because uh, we won't be in the proper stadium. We'll, we'll be, what was it? Uh, forfeit the game. Farina. Oh, could do that. Could forfeit. But anyway, we've got Arsenal. Who's who's going to get the top class performance? I mean, Lampard's commented today that Koulibaly is out for a while. Um, Kukurea, two to right. three weeks. Kai Havertz is in contention. Reese James and Mason Mount are still possibly out for the season. So, hey, that's improved because last week he they're definitely out and now they're possibly out for the season. So I, I'm going to jump in and just say Madueke because my man, I always go with him and I'm hopeful this week, this week's going to be the week. Well, what about you guys? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to dive straight in with someone who I do not think deserves this backing at all. Uh, Raheem Sterling. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Just think he might have a good game. We'll see. Uh, um, I'm gonna go for. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I'll I'll, I'll jump in because I've got a name that's just sprung to my head. Oh. Conor Gallagher. I, I think Conor Gallagher is a Lampard favourite. Can't I wait to see him at striker tomorrow. I mean, Gallagher, <laughs> winner of goal of the month. He won goal of the month for April. You know, he's on form, kind of. So I just think he's gonna run a. Uh, he's gonna do the moonwalk when he scores a winner like Jesse Lingard <laughs> did a couple of years ago. Oh, yes. Uh, and yeah, he's going to stop Arsenal from winning the league. So I'm going to go uh, that's, that's the one thing for tomorrow that I really hope is that the players turn up because there's something to play for. Oh, there is. You yeah. know what? It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if you beat Arsenal tomorrow and then lose to Bournemouth. Oh, got no. to I'll take it in a heart. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm going to go with Wesley Fofana. Nice. Good enough. So good show. I we don't we don't often do this, but it's time for some quick fire questions. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's that's crashed. It's crashed. Yeah, there, there we go. That worked, didn't it? <laughs> that, I remember when that, that happened was, to the week. It's terrible. Oh, I love that. Oh. Any questions? Ask the bridge. Well, we got there in the end. There we go. So, um, <laughs> if you're not part of the community on discord what are you doing get yourself signed up it's free totally free uh, um to be fair can i just say by the way i'm not actually in that discord oh, so i should probably say what are you doing you should you should both be in it oh, i remember chris saying he, chris said he needed, he needed a new phone to be in it and now he's got a new phone exactly. and he's no excuse for either of yet. you actually uh it's a really nice little it community. Is good. everyone in there's really nice everyone's exactly. really friendly there's always good discussions in there and really good questions as we're about to so say. some quick fire questions um first up lost my mind again asked on the on the discord sterling said that the players are very angry and disappointed in their performances this season obviously attitude is everything in the game and i believe that player performance heavily relies on attitude so my question for you is this where is this negative attitude coming from too many, um, too many players oh there we go ollie and uh, no, i'll jump in <laughs> go on no, no, you go, you go, Bill. go for it. I think a part of it comes from lack of confidence, which sort of 
means people can't be bothered because they just feel like they can't get out of it. They're in a rut almost. Mm. Ollie? I'm going to say poor fitness. I had consistent defeat. Uh, along with more managers in the UK as seagulls at the moment. So that, that's I where... think the reality is, is all four uh, of those things are probably good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Answered that quite well. Um, Offalon asked, are at the bridge pod going to be at pre-season games? Well, I'm not going to be in LA or no, not LA, wherever they're having the Wrexham game. I wish I was. That'd be, oh, wow. I would love to, but no. I don't know. You too. Uh, funny enough, no, I won't be there either, unfortunately. <laughs> We're plastic fans. <laughs> oh, I am actually not going either. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, no. You had us there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> this is great banter. Um, right, Giselle asked, is Lukaku a viable option in the short term whilst Broya recovers and we get back to top four? Could the fans forgive him? Can Poch, presuming he's announced, use him better than Tuckle? Uh, give it short and sweet. Don't go back to an X. Oh, I, I mean, look, I put on, I, I feel that it depends on his attitude when he comes back. You know, if he isn't interested, then no. I mean, it's a bit like you could lead me to the kitchen. It doesn't mean I'm going to cook you dinner. So if I'm not interested, I'm not interested. It's it's up to, it's up between Romelu and Mauricio, isn't it really? What, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I would say, yes, he's an option. No, the funds won't forgive him. Yes, Potocino could use him better than Tuckle. <laughs> but, Oh, he could make himself even more loved by the fans by going, we're making Lukaku our number one prime yeah. standout player. And in that's why sport. it won't happen. <laughs> Berth? Uh, yeah, I'd suppose I'll echo Chris's uh, summary. I'll go with what Chris said. Nice. Well, if you've got any more questions for us, just drop them in at the Discord or tweet us. But hey, Discord, you get, get a little bit of a favour if you get, get more chance of getting them in on there because we uh, keep attention. More so on there, must admit. So, move. Oh, hang oh. on. I think there's uh, there's one more that we didn't go get for to. it. I'm um, ready. It was from Chris Chris Bailey. Are you still at all concerned that the club haven't yet finalised the deal for Pochettino? Mm, personally, no, nah. because these things just It'll take. It's all about underlining stuff and making sure it's in a good font and signed <laughs> and then sent by a fax. It's just how it is, isn't it? They've got yeah. to get the letterhead right. Oh, you've yeah, got that's to. Definitely heading two, not for me. It's all about heading three. Oh, nice uh, Im- impact. That's a nice font. No comic sound. Oh, no, you don't want that Come on. Aerial. <laughs> Just put that in. Time's no right. It's got to be Time's New Roman. It's got to be Time's New Roman. Cool. Todd, Todd strikes me as an aerial. <laughs> you know? Custom fonts. Mm. Custom to fonts. To the point. Right. Bold. Bold. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Moving on. So we move to the Lone Army carousel yes we didn't get to do it friday it's a game of categories the rules are that i ask a question that has multiple answers and the guys give me an answer in turn the winner well you know the winner is the one that's the last one standing and if they repeat an answer they're gone if they get one wrong you're out and if you take too long to answer you have till the end of jason kundi asking the question Which you could apply every damn week recently. They do it every week. They let they when we we said it off air. Well, I can't remember who it was. So whoever it was, please go forward and say. Has anyone seen Spurs? <laughs> Just when you think that Chelsea are embarrassing, no, we still find some enjoyment because of our rivals. We yeah. really do. We love them. We love them. Really. Well, we don't love. Them. We don't love. Them. Of course, we don't. But what we do love is a good question. And the question is, Lionel Messi 
was Barcelona's top scorer in 11 out of the 12 seasons between 2009 and 2021. But can you name their top scorer for every campaign since the year 2000 that obviously wasn't Messi? There are 14 names on this list and some of them still surprised me now. I was like, huh, I wouldn't have thought they'd have been the top scorer. But yes, they were. Oh, if you remove Messi, of course. So I will go straight with Berth. We'll go Berth, Chris, Ollie. So Berth, I need a name. I'm going to go with Suarez. He's on there. Chris? What year was we going from? Sorry. From the year 2000. Okay. Uh, Ronaldinho? Oh. He's on there. Uh, Samuel Eto'o. Oh, right, former shall... blue. He's on there. Oh, I think this may be a bit after, but we'll go for it. Patrick Cliver. Oh, oh, he got yes. one. I love Come that. On. I love that name. Come on. Uh, I'm thinking. I know. I know he was nineties, but maybe he was two thousand. Maybe he was the year two thousand top score. Oh. Rivaldo. Oh. We're classics. I'm going to go for a, a more recent one. Um, I'm going to go with Robert Lewandowski. He only joined ah. this. He's only joined this season. Ah, but he's winning it so far. Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's not won it yet. What, nah, what about? Fair enough. What about we go straight to birth? Between birth and Chris Ooh, now. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna go Neymar. I don't think so, though. He's on that. Yes, wow. come on. Oh, da- then I'll, uh, I'm There's gonna have to eight. take a risk. There's eight left. Eight left. Who the hell else would be on there? There's one uh, I can think of, but it's. Uh, I don't think you'll get it. Yeah, well, you're I'm, out. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I, I don't think he did because Messi was there like for his entire time. I think David Villa. <laughs> oh, wrong, wrong one. There we go. Birth. You know what? I'm going to go very rogue. Aubameyang. Oh, oh that's a great shout. Oh. That is a great shout. There's six left. Oh, uh, I've got I've got nothing left. I've got, <laughs> do you know what? I've got one. I don't think it's right. And it, 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 it'll either be a brilliant answer or a ridiculous answer. Martin Blanthwaite. Oh, that's a good shout. No. If that, if that was right, but, I would have personally come to, yeah. Birmingham to come and find you. is our winner. <laughs> yeah! Yes. There are six names left. Did anyone have a good shout at who they could be? Memphis Depay. He's on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depay. Uh, I was going to say Depay, but I have no one else. I was no going to say... I was going to say... Ronaldo, but I think he, he played no. a bit before 2000. So yeah. you forgot Thierry Henry. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. You forgot Pedro. Ah, you yeah. forgot Pedro, yeah. Three more. Antoine Griezmann. Alexis... He finished our top goal scorer. Yeah. Alexis Sanchez. Alexis wow. Sanchez. Yeah. I believe uh... it's all. I don't know if it includes removing. That must uh, be it. They must be include who came second to Messi. Yeah, who came second to Messi? Yeah. Uh, I'll must just be. check. I'll just check. Uh, but there's two more, and they're still quite fucking funny because um, 
I wouldn't have got him. You had Alexi Sanchez and Cesc Fabregas. Oh, yeah, because oh, Fabregas played as yeah. like a false nine for nine. half a year, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to check where I got this from because I'm pretty sure it's right. I yeah, wouldn't... no, I think oh, you are right. I no, think no, it's no. just in terms of I'll, removing I'll Messi. I, I think it's... Don't worry. Don't worry, I've won. <laughs> it's what happens That's when you take Messi out of the equation. It says stop the count. <laughs> stop it. Stop. It's just incredible that that these that Messi had that many as top scorer. You know, but Birth sounded then like um, a um, a, lead, a a club owner who's just won Serie A. Like, don't investigate it. Just move on. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah, this has gone to VAR, but I've still won. I've still won. <laughs> Sorry, but. From what I looked, it was well. I've pulled it up here. It's players that won the that weren't Messi. So when Messi didn't yeah, win, so it, yeah, no, wow. surely it's got to be that didn't count like for when Messi. Oh, yeah, so yeah, if not lads. included, Messi, yeah, 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 lads, there, lads, there you go. Lads, I've won, I've won the game, got the game, yeah, all right, game. all right, Berth. I've won it okay. again, so it's true, you know. <laughs> it, it's just quite amusing because if you go back 2011, 2012, Alexis Sanchez, who's a, a pretty much a forward, and Fabregas had the same amount of goals. <laughs> yeah, I just can't well, see Fabregas as the goal scoring Kevin De Bruyne. I honestly, just don't he, see. A, he, he played as a false number nine for a season. I'm sure he did. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But you win yeah, one lone does. army carousel berth and you're giving it the big one. I'm just going to, I'm actually going to look how many few, goals mate. he scored. I've won a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here you go. Right. Messi finished 2011-2012 season with 73 goals, okay? 73. Uh, unbelievable. Alexis Sanchez and Fabregas were in joint second with 50. Yeah, 15? <laughs> 15. Wow. Yeah. You could say that Barcelona that year might have been a little bit of a one-man team. <laughs> bit of a carry it's job, like that. that one. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. Right, there, there we go. Uh, with that, thank you for listening to the episode, listeners. Uh, hope you are treating yourself well because, you know, you're a bloody legend and we're getting through this season one week at a time. So with that, we've come to the end of another episode. We'll be back on Friday to discuss Arsenal. It could be fun. We might cry. Who knows how the result's going to play out? So till then, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.